New Xbox rumors surface, but it's not what you think. Ubisoft starts singing a different song when it comes to DRM, and new PS4 rumors surface that are a bit more believable. That plus more on today's MatchCast. edition of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I'm Jarrett. I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill-Williams. What are we, a week from PAX now? A week from PAX. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, MASHcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm also here <laughs> with uh, podcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody. Once again, the most cheerful. Even though Rob was cheerful this time, Nick was more cheerful. Just I, I get... I get compliments on my cheerfulness all the time, and it's it's very disturbing. I uh, I really don't intend to do that. I, I don't know how to turn it down. It's a power that I can't control. Oh, well, use it wisely. But uh, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Rob, what have you been playing? I'm Commander Shepard. Really, like I, at this point, I've been playing Mass Effect for so long that I am actually Commander Shepard. I'm the savior of the galaxy, bitch. Um, I've been playing Mass Effect 2, I finished that, and I started Mass Effect 3. I have crossed the threshold, so to speak. Um, it's good so far, I, I like it, like, I, it's a good game. Um, I haven't gotten to the ending, so I can't comment on that yet. I intend to, like, you know, actually do all the side quests and do all the stuff in the game. I played multiplayer today, and in fact, I started off, like, going to go play single player, um, like, this morning ish and three hours later four hours later i was still playing multiplayer after i was like i'll just check it out and see what it's like so i don't hate it it's pretty good actually like it's it's like playing the regular game there's all the games classes and different races you can get and you know it's fun it's fun and they're quick it's like unless your team like really isn't good like you can be done with a match in like you know 15 minutes it's kind of like a wave thing, like almost like a horde mode, except it doesn't go on forever. Like, it's just like 11 waves and then that's it. So, you know, everything, you know, 15 minutes and you're done. Get a sizable chunk of XP. You get some galactic readiness. Like, I almost already have 100% galactic readiness. And that was within the first, like, two hours of playing. And the rest of that, like, the rest that I played, I, don't, I still don't even know what that does. I really don't. But... Uh, it's fun, so I'm enjoying it, and I hope to have it done before PAX, so that not some, you know, crazy person wearing a cardboard sign that says the end is nigh or something doesn't, you know, run around ruining the ending for me or something, so, yeah, good times. How about you, Nick? Uh, let's see, I've been playing, well, still working on Mass Effect 2, um, still having a lot of bugs with that, I was playing through one of the missions the other day, and the thing just crashed on me, um, which is not, uh, not helping me progress through it any quicker, um, also... Are you doing PC or console? 
playing on PC, and I would I would think you know it's it's you know it's a fairly newer PC. It's you know it's not that's not by any means an, an, a new game. I would I would expect to be running into these problems, and yet uh, it's 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 all you know it's it's little little snags here or there that it, it's. Uh, I, I noticed some issues, and I think it's because of the, like the 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 PC versions were ports for the most part. Like even three, I've run into some weird issues, and I'm like, this game came out at the same time as the other ones. Like I shouldn't have issues like this, but the very minor snags i guess i don't know yeah it's 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 nothing it's nothing that's going to stop me from completing it but it is delaying me slightly and then uh let's see what else i've been playing uh i played a jedi in the old republic uh, i created a new account to uh do one more free weekend there uh so i had a little fun with that and then also uh i i tried dcu i tried dcu on the console and on the pc and the interesting thing about that is i feel like like I, I tried it on the console, and I think I talked to you earlier this week about that, Jarrett. And uh, I talked about how I didn't really feel like the controls were right for the console. And you said that when you played the PC, you felt like they weren't right for the PC. And I, I agree. I feel like that there's there's no system that they designed the controls for perfectly. It feels like it's some kind of bastard hybrid. Well, I didn't think the controls were like bad for the PC. I just thought, well... This will probably work better with a controller. I, no, 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 yeah, I, I see think, that because I think that's the intention. But like, it, but the thing is, I played it with a controller, and I thought, and I thought this would. I, I felt like it would have worked better with a PC. Like there's no, there's no middle ground that there should be. It's 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 like in, it's one of those you know trying to serve two masters. It serves none. Right. Do, you, it, do you think that maybe it is because like you play so many like you're so used to MMOs being on PC that that's odd for you? Well, it doesn't help. Uh, like like I said last week, like you know I play a lot of WoW and I've, I'm playing a lot of the old Republic. Like their control scheme is very. Even then, it feels like just in general you've got. The you know the number keys at the top and 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 usually like spacebar is, is is sort of the action key kind of and and well that's actually that's Mass Effect that uh, sort of does that but like no then you're you're hitting there's the the F key for the for 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 flying but then you're you got the E key for the 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 actions I don't know it, it all just felt very it didn't feel very uh, intuitive I need to I feel like I need to remap everything. But uh, and yeah, the console just felt like there weren't enough there weren't enough buttons. It felt like you were using using the shoulder keys uh, a bit excessively. Like I don't know. I feel like almost you'd be better with less less abilities in a way. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Map your buttons. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but you know. But if but yeah, it's, it's, it should feel natural. It should feel a little more intuitive. Right. So I need to uh, as I well you know because I played it on both systems. I didn't really spend much time on either. So I kind of need to. I'll probably pick the PC and I need to sort of sit down and, and uh, see what the options are for remapping all that. Okay, that's all. You're you're all out of games. Uh, still no yeah, infamous, huh? Except for Mass Effect, that's uh, I'm not playing anything that that's just me. Oh, Cole McGrath would be upset with you. I, I think him playing DCU makes up for him not playing Infamous. He he said a couple weeks ago he was gonna play DCU and he finally got around to it. So it's better. I played it on, it's better. I played it on two systems, so that should that should count as two games. <laughs> I'll give you a slide. See, it's okay. In fact, well, we talked about controls and stuff. What did you actually think of DCU? Um, well, I thought the 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 the, the at first, I thought the customizations were a little bit weak. I felt like, especially the facial customizations, um, were, were 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 a little lacking. Like, every, every, I think there was it looked like there was only one male head. Um, but then once you got into more of like the costumes and stuff, it seemed kind of nice. Um, That's then, where the difference. But then the really is, I, I designed this 
this badass like red looking fox guy like half fox half nick fury and then i get into the starting zone and they start giving me new equipment and he looks nothing like you know they get rid of the whole paramilitary theme and now he's got a you can go into your styles and fix that like you, you can, can lock, lock it, back it out to, yeah you can still have all of your stats and but uh, you can have all the good equipment and keep your guy looking the way that you want him to some of the like some of the equipment will surprise you you'll be like oh i fucking want that on me but like you can lock your stuff so even if you get new equipment and equip it it's not like you have to go in and change the style every time you can just lock it so it never changes it's it's a really good move that they made because like it, it's kind of it, that's always been like my biggest problem with them is you find this awesome looking armor or something like that or you have like your character looking the way you kind of want to or something is great and then you get this like super better armor and you're like i look Ridiculous. like a hobo that just found like gold plated things and just threw them on myself with like plaid and silver or something <laughs> like you just look silly well i just thought it was especially silly because you know you, the whole character creation is that you know that's all you're doing is making your costume and then outside of the color scheme and i guess your skin your skin color and you know race if you you know spec as a fox or whatever it, it uh you know that everything everything felt like it was changing again so it was like i just spent all this time for no reason but if, if i'll have to look and change that again as, yeah. as i said i didn't i didn't look into the options too deeply so it's one of the best things that i think they did to the game like because i was actually you know when i first did my character i'm like i, I was pretty pissed i'm like you know you, you do spend a lot of time making especially in a game about superheroes you know you may you spend a lot of time on the look of the character and then you're like, oh, well, now I, it really didn't make a difference because I, uh, you know, I, I got to use this crappy looking armor. But especially the beginning, the armor looks dis disgustingly bad, I think. But, you know, once I, the only thing I actually think I changed to my character was my Gundam wings that I bought. I think I talked about it a couple, like, you know, a couple match casts back. But, uh,. Yeah, you're all done. Yeah, I've, I've very rarely found, like, once you find that look for your character, like, I've maybe, like, gauntlets or something like that, and that's the only thing that's like, oh, that looks decent with my character. But, like, as far as, like, it, it's weird. It depends on the character you made and stuff like that. But general superhero-y stuff, it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to, to, at least I look forward to the options then and, I, and getting further into the gameplay. So, so what have you been playing, Jarrett? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the old mash guys throw across. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing today? God, I don't miss those days. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, I actually have been playing Rayman Origin for the Vita. And, you know, the thing is, it's funny how, how it, I don't want to say, I shouldn't say it's funny how it happened, but it goes to show you the power of digital distribution. Like, you know, I was at work one day. I just had a thought. I was like, mm, I'm gonna check out Rayman Origins. You know, I'm I'm probably gonna buy it. You know, and you know, if this was back in the well, anything besides the Vita, I'd have to go to like you know a store and buy it. But the thing is, you know, when I got out of work, I totally forgot about it because you know I was out of work. I'm like, I need to get home. <laughs> you know, home now. But uh, yeah, so I got out of work, totally forgot about it, and then I did a couple other things like that night, and then I just had the inkling again. And I was like, oh okay, let me grab my Vita. Boom, download the demo, and then I bought it. Right there, digital distribution. That's why it works. Was there another download after the demo, or did the demo sort of include everything? The demo included everything. After I decided to buy it, there was a buy now option, and then you pretty much, I guess you buy, you, you press buy now, it downloads whatever unlock file it needs, and, you know, you go from there. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing Rayman Origins, and if you don't like this, if you don't think this game is fun to play, you have no soul. I'm sorry, like, 
This game, I, I really total perfect throwback to being a kid playing, you know, platformers and stuff. And perfect the, throwback. Yeah, and like it's 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 fun to play, but it's challenging at the same time. You know? Yeah, there's tons of stuff to get, tons of stuff to unlock, tons of things to discover. You play with a friend, the game gets even more interesting. It's it's just a really really good game. Like I know people are like, man, they could have been working on Beyond Good and Evil too, even though that's been years. But Rayman Orders is just a really good, fun game, and it's a shame that it didn't get more attention than it did. Yeah, like it really, they did a great job with it. And on the Vita, it looks phenomenal. Like it looks great. It has at least a, like sixty frames, easy. I've heard that like it looks better than the PS3. Really? Like, it looks better in a console. I don't know if like that's really true. I, I feel like people are just like so taken with the Vita screen because it, it's a really good screen, and maybe it's just they're like, oh man, I'm holding it and it looks so good, and people's brains just take a leap. But I've I've seen both, and they and it look and it looks as good, but it's also 2D sprites and stuff like that, which is easier to do. Not to mention, I mean, the Vita's a smaller screen, so you know if it plays at the same resolution as the PS3, of course it's gonna look better on this smaller. Beautiful, True. beautiful. Please ask me the frames per second are being kept up, and there's a lot of stuff that happens on screen sometimes. Exactly. Too, so. Like as of right now, the game looks like I'm playing a cartoon. Like like it's a cartoon, and I am controlling everything that's happening. Oh, oh yeah. You could easily like play that game and just sit down a kid or something, let them watch you, and be like, like Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> that's how good it looks. Yeah, it's really good. They did a great job. So I'm playing that. Played more Top Gun Hardlock, and I was gonna write the review one day. And I got to a point, and I was like, "Oh, it it, it wasn't like a really a turning point, but I got the uh, the uh, the F twenty two, got the F twenty two Raptor finally, in this in the single player campaign." And it, you got the ship, man. It, like, you got the plane. It kind of oh. changed things because, like, <laughs> basically, like once you get the F twenty two, um, they teach you some new maneuvers, and I was like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." But the thing is, like, the next level after that, you need to use, like, they taught you those maneuvers for a reason. Because now the enemies are more aggressive. Um, they move around more. They're way more agile than they were before. Like, it, it kind of takes a difficulty bump. But in my, I, I kind of like that. Because before, it's kind of like you just kept going through the motions. And now it's kind of like a challenge. Like, you know, if somebody's behind me, instead of just waiting for them to shoot a missile and then doing the dodge motion at the last second... Now it's like there's a good chance that even if I try that, I might fail it. So I should try to outmaneuver them before we even get to that point, and that's pretty fun. So halfway through the game, you get to do real dogfighting, is what you're telling me? Because yeah. it feels like you've been playing that game for a while, and you just now gotten to a point where like yeah. it's gotten to real dogfighting. It's really halfway through the game. The first couple of levels, because it's 15 missions total, the first couple of levels are easily what you would I would say tutorial levels. So after, so let's say after the first three levels or missions, you re, you start getting your real missions, and you know five missions after you start getting your real missions, they give you the F twenty two, and then it's the shit. But you know the F twenty two is, I mean the game itself, uh, in terms of look, it still looks shitty, but the uh, the actual like you know you know gameplay jumped a whole bunch once you get the F twenty two. Did the tone of the game change when you got the F-22 also, or does it still have that sort of cheesy nature that you were talking about last week? Before you get the F-22, um, like a mission or two before you get the F-22, I think it's a mission before you get the F-22, it kind of changes tone because something happens to one of the uh, the pilots, one of your wingmen. 
gets serious. Yeah, it gets yeah, it gets and they they stop they stop the cheesy lines. Except yeah. when you're like you're dog fighting. Like if you're dog fighting, they you're still, still cheesy fine. Or if you go supersonic, they're like, I feel the need. The need for speed. Nice. <laughs> I gotta ask before we move on though. Uh-huh. Do you ever get like a cutscene or like an opportunity to do a flyby of yeah, a tower? You do in the very beginning. Okay. You do. And you get extra though. points for it. I haven't seen any I really haven't seen any other towers because I haven't been like once you do the that Back first to like tower. A base. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, you know, somewhere fucking up Russians. <laughs> you know, that's the that's where I am. Always the Russians, man. It's always, always the, the Russians. Russians. And the thing the thing that's kinda getting me in this one, they give you zero reason why the russians are where they are like zero it doesn't matter they're fucking commies jared <laughs> they, re- they do not give you any reason as if I'm it's just the like, 70s still okay that's fine <laughs> but um yeah so i've been playing that um got my hands on the counter-strike global offensive beta not 100 percent sure when they sent the invite though i bet you're a happy camper yeah, you know what? I was very, very happy when I got it. And then I played it for about an hour, and I was very, very sad. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, not good. But, but I, I went to the Steam forums. I started reading up on some things and realized what they were trying to do. And I'm going to try to help it's them. It's an actual beta test? It's an actual beta test. Well, first okay. of all, I crashed the desktop since I, I play, I've probably played it for about five hours. Uh, less than five hours. Um, but I played it you know, as much as I could over the weekend. And I've crashed the desktop probably at least 10 times. So that's, that's, that's part one. But, um, the thing that got me the most about it, first of all, I think they did, they did marvelous things with the look of the game. Um, not that they increased the graphics by all that much. Like the actual detail of the graphics is kind of still the same. It is more detailed, but the thing is like, they kind of redressed the environments. Like, now when you're in Dust 2, instead of just looking like you're in this, like, you know, like, uh, instead of, instead of like, just this mystical, not mystical, but, you know, this, um, what's the generic Arab place. Just, that- just to clarify, for people who didn't play Counter-Strike, like me, like, Dust 2 is a map area. It's a map, for, yeah. It's a very popular like a map. map. Yeah, okay. very popular. Um, dust too and so now it actually looks like you're in a city in like you know iraq like it actually you know they have like stores and stuff like that so they did change the look to 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 make it the environment more believable um the things that i kind of don't like are some of the map changes like they they change some maps for the better like uh that the map i was just talking about was called as dust two there's a map called Dust One, which is actually pretty popular for pub play, like, you know, for public server play, but in terms of competitive play, never really got popular. And that's because it was very CT sided or very counter terrorist sided. You know, getting, you know, terrorists trying to plant the bomb was very difficult. Like, most matches or most rounds in Dust Two end at this one uh, choke point. You know, everybody goes there, and then you shoot out. And that's how that map usually goes. They made changes to that map that actually give the the terrorists a chance to kind of get up and into the bomb sites. So it evened it out a little bit more. But some maps, they made changes that were really just, like, I think nerfed the maps. Like, you know, this one map complete, like this map called Nuke had, you know, uh, multiple ways to get to the, to the, to the top bomb site. But the bottom bomb sites, you know, you could go down these ramps at one point, 
or you can, if you can make it all the way to the back of the complex, there was another passage for you to take. They completely removed that back passage. Like, if you try to go there, there's just a wall of bricks. <laughs> you know? So they, they did change some maps for the better and then some for the worse. The big I bet, people, I bet that disappointed a lot of fucking people the first time that happened. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's Yo, go I had the bomb. I'm like, okay, let's go. And then, like, I got there. I was like, oh, and then got shot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> waiting like oh there's yeah. their disappointment yeah there it is like oh and then like i'll say it over voice like yo what happened to the back stairs everybody's like yeah i know i know <laughs> you know it's just like they answer your question just like i know <laughs> yeah this dude that sucks but um yeah so that was uh you know that 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 was one thing but um the thing that was the biggest that's the biggest problem for me right now is a couple things um there's certain uh, triggers that, not triggers, but options that are now removed or not working in the game. Even options that weren't in, like, you know, the game options themselves, like Counter-Strike, actually almost any Valve game that uses the Source Engine, there's tons of options if you open a developer console that you can use, like, um, the one I used to use all the time was CL underscore crosshair size, or crosshair scale, and you can change how big your crosshair was, and I would always make it smaller because it gave me a more accurate you know, um, understanding of where my bullets were going. That's not working. But on top of that, they, uh, they changed how some of the guns work. And the reason, at first I was just pissed. At first I just thought, to give you a perfect example, both the AK-47 and the M4 have been nerfed. Um, like, they're great for, like, mid-range play, kind of. But, like, forget about it if you need to make, like, a longer shot. Like, totally forget about it. Like, I was crouched doing single shots at somebody and, like, not moving, totally not hitting this guy at all. Like, just, like, in Counter-Strike, I would have killed him ten times over. Like, or Counter-Strike or, or Source, I would have killed this guy ten times over. But, with the, you know, the thing is, like, both of those guns, the M4 and the AK-47, are staples in the series. Like, whenever you see people playing, they that's what they have. That's what they buy. Like, they either buy an M4... AK-47 that they can afford it. Or they, if for a sniper, they'll buy a what's called the AWP. You know, but, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of weapons available, but people only use those specific weapons. Uh, is it just a move to then to encourage yeah. variety? Exactly. Because that seems kind of, like, stupid to have, like, here's an entire range of weapons. We're only going to use two or but, three. But that's the thing. Like, those weapons were so versatile. That's the thing. Like, they, they fit so many situations but that's the thing is that's why they use those weapons in real life <laughs> you know what i'm saying because they're right, personal weapons. right but, but there's only so much real life in a game though I mean, right but i'm saying that's the thing like you they took that those guns and they pretty much nerfed them like from a long long distance forget about it also crouching and shooting is like a death mark Right, it, feels, it doesn't actually improve accuracy and make it actually more reasonable to do it. Because that makes know, it less reasonable. You you play with with those guns, yes. That's the thing. Like you played Counter Strike for years. At this point, your inclination is to crouch and shoot. You know, so I was doing that when I first started, but people would, like roll around corners with AK 47s and M4s and just shoot my head off because I was crouched and uh, you know shooting. The thing about Counter Strike too, crouching doesn't you know crouching actually hope opens up your hitbox, especially your head hitbox. A lot more. That's the dis. That's the. That's always been the disadvantage to crouching. But the huge advantage to crouching was that it increased your accuracy so much. But with those weapons, it really doesn't make a difference anymore. 
And so I was dying more doing that. And then when I stopped crouching and shooting with those weapons, I started getting more kills. Also, burst fire doesn't seem to help as much with those weapons. That's what it feels like. Now, when I use some of the other weapons that I used, you know, that, you know, people never really bought, like the, uh, the AUG or the SIG for the, for the terrorists, you crouch and shoot with those, yo, you, you, like, you can plug some people. Like, when I, get, when I buy those weapons and I crouch and shoot, like, one or two shots in the head and they're done. Um, so, they, you know, they're, they're accurate, but they're, those things are, the disadvantage of those are, if you're running around with them, it's not going to work out so great with for you and they're more expensive so what they're trying to do is they're definitely trying to um make the game more versatile in char in terms of people buying more weapons than the ak and the m4 which i can understand and i'm actually okay with that i'm fine with that i because the thing about counter-strike no counter-strike is the same like every time they do a counter-strike something's different mechanics are different that's why people still play 1.6 over source and that's why people will still play Source over this, because the mechanics will be different. Um, so I understand they're trying to do that, but I personally think they nerfed the M4 and AK-47 way too much. Like, if I'm crouched and I'm shooting at somebody at a distance, I should at least be hitting them. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Right, and that's the whole point of kneeling. Like, there's otherwise, what, just have everybody run around and have it be Call of Duty kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Like, they, there's, I can, I totally understand what they're doing. I totally, but I think they need. There's a lot of work they need. Not to mention, I was playing with Ivan, who's the editor for the site, and he threw a grenade at these guys' feet. It blew up, and they just stood there like nothing happened. What? Yeah, they just like stood there, and he checked the damage. He's like, dude, I did 17 damage to one of them, not even both. So there's definitely a problem with hit detection. That's no bueno. I hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so they, they're, they're working on it, but they are taking a lot of community feedback, so I will be active in this community once again. Is there What's any idea? Oh, good. I was just saying, is there any idea about how long they're expecting it to be in beta as far as like a release date, or it's just so the sort of... out in September? Uh, I don't know if they have a release date yet. I think it's going to oh, okay. be one of those when it's ready, it's going to be out of beta, but they're actively working on it. Because the thing is, like, this game can fail easily because the thing about counter-strike gameplay well i it, mean you had 1.2 and everybody a lot of people stuck with just the regular counter-strike yeah. and then like counter-strike no, i'm sorry counter-strike source and people stuck with 1.2 or whatever right 1.6 yeah six yeah. yeah but that's the thing like counter-strike gameplay at its core is going to keep a lot of people from playing it you know because the thing is like you know counter-strike once you die you're out until the next round and a lot of people don't like that they like that call of duty feel that, uh, you know, which, in my opinion, Call of Duty is kind of like an arena shooter. So they like that Call of Duty. It's not fun to die and not be able to play. That's why you can just throw your life away doing retarded stuff. Like, it's not fun to, like, have to actually plan and think and not try and get killed. Exactly. So, like, yeah, they, you know, that's why I think they know that they have to get this right. Because the Call of Duty crowd isn't really going to pick up Counter-Strike. You know, it will pick up new players because some people who've never played like this will be like, oh, yeah, I like this. It's pretty cool. But at the same time, they can't afford, like, actually, not just them, but any game can't afford to come out and not be okay. Like, look what happened to Brink. Brink is a fun game when you actually have people to play at this point. But when it came out, it was so riddled with bugs that it killed the game. And then the thing about, uh, about Counter-Strike, I don't think it's going to be bug-riddled, but the mechanics need to be perfect or the community will not pick it up. Counter-Strike has always been a community-heavy game, and they know this. I trust them. Even though it's not Valve proper, 
developing a game is a it's hidden pathways. I think um, it's going Valve to. has a heavy hand. I'm yeah, sure, though, yeah, considering yeah, the history. Exactly. So I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna do just fine. It's actually. Think, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think like because like the just from what I'm hearing, like the the fact that they're making changes and stuff doesn't mean because so many times now you get betas and betas are like you know two months ahead of the game. Game's already gold basically, and it's the game already. It, it feels like this. Like even if it does come out in September, that's a good six months to make changes, and you can always delay that. Um, you know, you have time to make changes, take feedback, actually see like what's happening, gather data about like how people are using things and then make the changes and put the game together and make it something that everybody, you know, is more inclined to like, or, or, you know, that the community is more inclined to like, and you get the community involved in the same, you know, in the same sweep by getting them to play debate and give you feedback. So when they, they actually have a hand in it. I mean, like, it seems like a smart move, which is a typical Valve thing. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be just fine. I think it is actually going to introduce more people to competitive Counter-Strike because there is an option. Well, right now it's the only thing we can actually play. But there is an option to do matchmaking with competitive rules. And it's always 5v5, like, no more than that in the service. It's always 5v5. And it goes uh, 15 rounds per per side. And actually, let, let's say, um, you know, Counter-Strike is always best of 16. So you're supposed to, you have up to 15 rounds CT side or first half and uh, another 15 rounds, up to 15 rounds the second half. The team that reaches 16 first wins. So if a team goes 15-0, and 0, they only need to win, win one in the second half to actually get the map moved. So it is actually real competitive, uh, you know, competitive rules with a few tweaks, of course, but. I think it will introduce more people to competitive Counter-Strike, which I thought was interesting. That's That tells me that they have the community in mind, and I like that. So, uh, we'll see. But other than that, I played some Borderlands. Still still crunching through that. <laughs> but um, And we need to actually play that game together, but we should probably get to the topic. Yeah, we I, think, I think we might be losing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like Counter-Strike, yeah. People are like, I don't care what you've been playing this week, for the love of God. Can you talk about some shit that I care about? Tell me something that happened. Okay, sure. Let's let's get on that. That's my fault, folks. This is my fault this time. <laughs> Counter-Strike, man. He gets passionate about that. I kind of knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you don't anticipate. Yeah, you should know. All right, so let's let's get to the topics. Our first topic, um, was something that <laughs> put a question mark above my head. Uh, was the resonate? Well, it really shouldn't have. I should have expected it. But um, one of the producers, actually specifically the uh producer of Resident Evil Revelations for the 3DS, he says that you know, the survival horror genre, the survival horror market is too small uh, for the Resident Evil uh, series itself. Uh, his name is, uh, Ma, let's see, Masha Kita. Shida. Oh, Masachika Kawada. There we go. I knew Kawada. I knew Kawada. And you know what the funny thing is about that, just real quick? I broke down his name in my reading here, and I think I broke it down wrong. Go me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he says that survival horror is too small for Resident Evil, and that's why you know Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Five took the turns that they did, being more orient, uh, action oriented. He expects Resident Evil Six to continue that path and actually take it a step further, which is something that 
I expected and I think fans should really expect. When that trailer came out, um, I saw a lot of Resident Evil fans or people who I know are true fans of the series, like of Resident Evil proper. Like, oh my god, Resident Evil 6 is going to be amazing, but they didn't like Resident Evil 4 or Resident Evil 5. And I'm just like, why would this be any different? Because trailer hype. But, I mean, they drew the, they drew the line in the sand at 4, really. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. 4 proved that you can still have a good game and and have it be more action-oriented, but still have it, you know, kind of be Resident Evil, I guess? Like it was, uh, I mean, although although I know people who really liked like the horror, the, the survival horror feel of it, they kind of lost that in four. Yeah, I, I didn't. Feel, I think most people yeah. would agree that four was a, a much better game than five was. Yeah, like when I was playing four, I really didn't feel that that tense feeling that you get from other Resident Evils. You know, <laughs> not even when you could get swallowed by a crocodile because you weren't paying attention during a cutscene. No, not really. That's the, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was just me. Maybe I thought I'm it just, was funny. Maybe it was just so manly. No, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I really like you know, it, it it it'll surprise me, but like I'm talking about that tense, tense Resident Evil feeling, you know, like that you got yeah, from like Resident like, Evil. Yeah, too. I think I think true survival horror maybe isn't gone, but the there, what he's saying isn't wrong. Like I, I think that every you know company, every market, every thing is looking for like that big market because the more people you can hit, even if the game doesn't do super well, you have more people that can buy it, and even if you have a moderate success in a group of 5 million people because you know, you've hit a wider audience that's better than a group of 500,000 hardcore survival horror fans that like Resident Evil 1 like if you have a moderate hit there then your game did really shitty so I think that's just the reality of the situation like the, the people have to make money um, the other thing like I said it doesn't have to be a bad thing but I, the, the ship has sailed for Resident Evil, I think, ever being... I feel like if they were smart, they would do kind of like... They'd be more flexible. You'd have Resident Evil, like a main series that's gone more actionally in it, and then you'd revisit, you know, side stories or something that are more like, here's this guy who's stuck in Resident Evil's world who's just a dude, and you can have that survivor horror element. Like, at, at at this point, like... It's been a long while since I played a Resident Evil game. Well, I played four a little bit, but I never like played it. Played it. I've never been a Resident Evil like super fan. I liked one, and that was the last time I really played the series, like seriously. But now at this point, you've got everybody who's still alive now in Resident Evil, all the main characters, and they're like fucking zombie killing super soldiers. Yeah, so, but like, they're so used to it, they're dead to it now. How? Yeah, how's it really going to be too much survival horror for them? You have a person that's just a normal guy, almost like Walking Dead style type of thing, and then maybe you can have a side story or something that revisits those survival horror elements that people seem to, like, miss so much. And you and you satisfy the best of both worlds. I know that takes extra resources, but, you know, something can come from that. Be well, I think Kawada kind of knows that, because he talks about how, he, you know, he's comparing the difference of the, the primary numbered series versus uh, the direction that, like, Operation Raccoon City is taking, with it being a third-person shooter, and, you know, c- c- calling Revelations a... An, adventure style game i just gotta say that game was fucking horrible though justice review is up on the site that game was fucking terrible i think that's gotten the worst rating review as far as number wise goes from our site for a while yeah they may not be taking the i guess exact tack that you're making and maybe doing what they should be doing with it but i think in their mind they're trying to sort of diversify the brand so that's what you're getting then 
Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing, too, is it's very hard to, like, pigeonhole any game at this point. Like, it's hard. Like, I mean, you can explain to, like, somebody what a game is, but, like, how many games cross genres now? Like, like even if space. you have survival horror elements in Resident Evil, like, it's 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 too, like, most games are too far gone to, like, say that, like, they're just one type of game. So. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, they're trying to take series, like, known series, and pretty much squeeze all the money they can out of it, especially now... And we've talked about the cost of development, so they want people who, to know a, a well-known. I have 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 a series that's well-known because they'll they'll buy it. It's it, they're more likely to buy it, I should say, and that's why they're doing that. So I mean, I, I don't, you know, I I think the the main Resident Evil series will continue on and just continue to be more action-oriented. Perhaps they'll use the the maybe the 3DS or the PSP to deliver their. Maybe the PS is the perfect yeah. place to put those console type experiences, but do your your survival horror at a lower price. Exactly, maybe. So. Take my ideas. I'm okay with that. <laughs> we do this all the time, guys. <laughs> we we come up with ideas for you. Yeah, you know. So we did that shit for you. <laughs> Call this the idea. I next. am gonna make sure that I put that link, that video, that link to that video in the show notes, so people will get what you just said. If they don't get what I said, they. <laughs> Not that they shouldn't be listening to Mash. Anybody can listen to the Mashcast, but guys, you should get that. You yeah. should know what that's from. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's move on to our next topic, which is um, more Xbox rumors, but not what you think. Uh, unless you've been paying attention to the internet for the last <laughs> week. But um, the uh, basically, there's a rumor that there will be a stripped-down Xbox uh, coming out next year. Uh, uh, we'll you know, have a 2013 launch. But it will have no disk drive. It's going to be smaller. And it's primarily going to be for arcade-style games, connect apps, and entertainment. Um, it looks like it's going to be competitive with Apple TV. It looks like Microsoft is going to try to compete with Apple TV if this rumor is true. Which, uh, it makes some sense. I mean, we all, there's, you know, it's, there's no secret that Microsoft wants to enter more into the entertainment space this is why they made the dashboard change and why they're bringing in so many, you know, entertainment apps. This should be a secret to no one. It, 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 not not to jump ahead, but is, is there any payoff for them as far as the uh, how those entertainment apps are working with regards to Xbox Live? Yes, and we will probably, we're going to get into that actually in our next well, topic. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say we might as well just bring it up now. I feel like these two, the, the concept of what they're doing with this console and what's happening on Xbox Live, it it's entirely related. Okay, I mean, we could talk about it. Um, it's been their goal, though. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well just put them kind of together. I mean, but I don't... It doesn't surprise me that they're going to make a stripped-down Xbox, especially if it's coming next year. Next year, we'll probably hear about the new Xbox. Therefore, you have 2014, or maybe you even have Christmas, where you have a new Xbox, and then... Or a new the next Xbox, I should say, and then you have a stripped down version for people who don't want to make that financial commitment and haven't already gotten an Xbox, and everybody's happy. Yeah, you, know, you continue that ten year lifespan and you move on to something else. Yeah, and the thing about like having a stripped down Xbox, um, you know, we talked about before, like Microsoft wants obviously. I mean, if you want your your device to be the center of entertainment, you obviously want it to be on every television. Um, and the thing about the Xbox, that's just not something you pop onto every television. You know, it's, well, first of all, it's 200 bucks. It's, you know, it's kind of bulky. But, you know, 
If you can match the price of Apple TV, which is 99 bucks, then why not? I mean, we know it's going to have better games for it than what's because Apple TV has access to iTunes, to my knowledge. But what on I like, you know, if they equip this thing with XBLA, forget about it. iTunes doesn't stand a chance against XBLA, you know? But I think this sounds very reasonable to me. This sounds very reasonable. Now, what Nick was talking about when he was bringing up the uh, the whole entertainment thing with the Xbox, um, Microsoft released a statement uh, stating that, you know, more people, people are using the Xbox more, or Xbox Live Gold service more for, uh, well, just Xbox in general, sorry. They're using it more for entertainment application than actual gaming. Uh, it says that the average user spends about 84 hours a month using Xbox Live Gold, and that's that has actually increased. Well, you know, uh, it's increased about 30% year over year. But people are using the entertainment apps more than actually, you know, playing the games, which is totally believable, in my in my opinion. Um, and I'm not really surprised, because I, I, mean, I, I said it before on the MASHcast, I used to come home every day and just turn on my Xbox. That's the first thing I did. And while I did other stuff, I would watch Netflix, I would watch movies, do all types of stuff. So I'm not really surprised by this. I don't think this means that <laughs> that the Xbox should be viewed as more of an entertainment device than a gaming device. Because I, you know, I would love to see, I would love to see if there has been a decrease in gaming and like gaming hours. That's what I want to see. That's yeah. That's what I think the argument is. If, if you look at sort of the TV itself as sort of the fundamental conduit for all gaming and non-gaming entertainment, you know, how is the I guess how is the time breakdown for that changed, if at all? Like, because it seems to me what's happening is people are shifting more entertainment options from their cable box to the Xbox. Right. And so, you figure overall the breakdown is probably the same. It's just now they're going to the Xbox more and more. And I guess fundamentally, especially with the the cheaper Xbox eventually, you won't need a cable box. You just come home and that that's, you know, that's your one box for for all your entertainment needs. The uh, the one thing though that's interesting is it seems that the article breaks down it's comparing entertainment versus online gaming. So it's not comparing that with I guess like single player sessions that would be offline. So, because uh, I know the article sort of laments, like, oh, yeah, you know, a, a Mass Effect just came out, and it, this doesn't seem to have changed it. But uh, I guess if people are playing the single player offline, that's that wouldn't really count towards the tally. Well, that's the thing. I mean, single player isn't included as an Xbox Live Gold service, because you can play single player with just the Xbox or the Gold service. But for all these services, like Netflix, HBO Go, Sci-Fi, all that stuff, you need Xbox Live uh, Gold for that. Like, it won't work with Silver. So for HBO Go, you need to have an HBO subscription and the Xbox Live subscription. Yeah, and yeah, so you need to have a cable subscription with HBO and an Xbox Live Gold subscription. That's got to change. That's got to change. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I am not going to subscribe to HBO just to use HBO Go. Because on HBO, there's really only one show that I watch, which is why I, I don't subscribe to HBO in the first place. Game of Thrones. I know that's not what you watch, though, is it? Probably not. No, actually, no, it's not. Probably not. No, what, do you, what would it be that you would watch? I'm no, not I'm talking asking. about it. I'm not talking about it. Is it Curb? Is it Curb? No, nah, I'm not talking about it. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's, I watch True Blood. That's about it. Oh, True Blood's a good show. That's all right. Yeah. I've, I've slowly gotten into that. You know, it it took me a while to get to it because, the, to be honest with you, I'm like, yo, this is just like sex and vampires. When I was watching like the first couple episodes, 
That's the whole point. Why did you not? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do like a little plot. You know what I'm saying? I like a little plot. There's a lot of sex in movies. And well, you mean you mean a, a random pizza guy showing up at some girl's house isn't a plot for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> a lot of ads and movies and vampires and sex and blood and plot. It's got good plot. It, I don't know. It's a good show. No, it I is think. a good show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna down the show. Like it did get good. Like because I, I, of course, I was watching it on Netflix, and you know, I got the first season. I was like, well, what the hell? I might as well just continue to watch the season. And it got good, and it continues to get good. So I have no problem with True Blood at all. It was just when I first started watching it, it was all sex and vampires. Did you start in season one? I did. Yeah. Oh, see, I started like season two, three. Oh, uh, yeah. Season two, the the, the story was I, I, already like, good. caught up, but then like I started in season two, and the story was already kind of like more emotion. It was, I don't know, it was better. Yeah, yeah, but, but yes, to the point. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> do need to change. Like it, it's funny because we we talk a lot about like gaming industry stuff with like the way that like DRM and the way that companies do things, but unfortunately, it's kind of the same way like everywhere. Like it, it it's that way like all over the industries um like uh you you have you, you know i think the oatmeal the oatmeal.com he does a lot of funny comics and stuff like that but he's talking about game of thrones specifically and he says you know if i want to get game of thrones it's like okay the dvd is coming out whenever oh well i can't get it yet well if i go to hbo go then maybe i can like pay just to like watch game of thrones no, can't go to Netflix for it because they don't make it available because they're they're you know shutting them out of that you know it's still running, and you know like pirating is like the easy solution. Now this is going to turn into a pirating thing, but it's like that's your easiest option. You know like why would you? I want to pay for it. <laughs> right, I'm I'm I want to give you my money. Why are you going to make me go subscribe to cable I may not have because I maybe I don't want cable. Or maybe I just don't want HBO because I wouldn't watch anything else. Why wouldn't you make it easy for me to get the one thing that I want from you? Like, why should I have to subscribe to your your network in order to go online and then put in all that information from me subscribing to your 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 channel and then get the thing that I want? Like, that's silly. Like, I think that does need to change. I think that, like, every industry kind of needs more flexibility with that and to realize that, like, people want to give you their money. They really, really do. Like, there may be stuff I even still want to watch on sci-fi, and I just don't care to watch sci-fi to go watch it, but I'll give you money to watch the one show I want to watch or something. I've got right. Battlestar Galactica, and I've never even seen it, but I have it in, you know, like, a box set or whatever. It's like, amazing. Right. Yeah, I know. That's why I got it. Because I'm like, well, I'm willing to eventually be like, oh, I'll sit down one day and watch that eventually, you know. But like, they make it too hard, and it just, and then and then you put Xbox Live in the way, and and it's the sad part is that the reality is you are putting it in the way. Like, if you already have an Xbox, you already have gold and all that stuff, and your family could take advantage of it. Good for you. But like, there are people where it's like, well, why would you get like? comparative to i don't know anything else like why would you not just get comcast or why would you not just get fios or verizon or something like why would you get an xbox live to have to get cable to have to get xbox live gold to have to get access to the things that you want to watch because well, right it, now oh, i'm sorry go ahead nick i was gonna say it almost seems like that console uh, you know the stripped down version that should come with like gold standard and possibly even free because that i mean that's really yeah that's really where you, what you're using that for you so, can't just don't even include a disk drive don't even make it possible to play games on it and therefore you automatically get gold you know yeah. like to in order to or maybe there's like another 
not maybe that you maybe you go beyond gold and silver and you go Xbox Media or something like that, like a media pass or something like that, and you automatically get that with the stripped down version, so you can just access ESPN and all that other stuff because you bought the stripped down system. You're gonna use it. Why would they? Why would they put a barrier in your way to giving you know to giving them money? Yeah, but that's the way they're thinking. I think you know to get Comcast to play ball and stuff like that. You know, because Comcast doesn't want you to end your subscription. But right, they exactly. did, They need to get with the program. They need to adapt to what's happening. You know, it's funny because... But, but you know what? You know when they'll adapt? When somebody else comes into the space and, and, kicks the, and kicks them right out to the curb by doing things better than they do and having that flexible model and, and, and things get really popular. Oh, it's, it's kind of what yeah, but they, they, but they got a dog in the fight now with, with, uh, with NBC. So, I mean, they've, they've got content that they can say, hey, if you want to kick us to the curb, well, we're just taking our content and going home. Right. But that only works for so long if you only got a couple things to take with you because people be like, okay, well, fuck it, we'll replace it. Yeah, because you know? it's not these... like you're like, I'm taking HBO and going home. Right. Like you get no more Game of Thrones, you get no more True Blood. People be like, oh my god, no, get it back. It's okay, I'll take it. It's okay, I'll 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 stay with you. You know, like a beaten wife or something like. But that's not. They, they don't have that. Like right. ABC, like okay, who gives a shit? CNN, I don't know, or something like. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is. Once HBO gets to a point where there's enough, once these, once more of these media devices start, um, you know, being more prevalent in the in the home, and HBO is like, oh, we can get more money by serving up our stuff a la carte, you know, because it's, I'm pretty sure Comcast isn't paying HBO to put their service on Comcast. Comcast, right. yeah, it's it's HBO a deal that that works out in their favor. Exactly, it's a deal that they do together. Payment. That's why we're constantly, well, not we, but, you know, um, for example, Time Warner is constantly having problems with, with certain channels. And Aside from Time Warner being complete shit. Yeah, they're I, because I've ever heard using it. They're not, yes. you know, they're, we, at least once a year, we hear about Time Warner and some, you know, some group of channels having a dispute with the contract. Once these, I think it's going to happen to Time Warner, I think it's going to happen to Verizon, I think it's going to happen to Comcast. Once these channels are to the point where, or these, uh, you know, these groups are to the point where, like, we can make more money serving up our stuff on these media devices, you know, they will just be like, okay, well, see ya, and then put this stuff on the media devices. Once it becomes more prevalent, and I think it's going to happen sooner than later. So, you know, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but my prediction is that it's going to happen sooner than later. Um, but like I said, this doesn't... The whole Xbox Live thing, getting back on the real topic, this doesn't really prove anything. I mean, like I said, it makes a lot of sense to me that people are doing this because it's very convenient. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. But the thing is, if uh, if the Xbox didn't play video games, or if it didn't have the video games it that it does, matter. It because I wouldn't have the Xbox, and I'd do the same exact thing on my PS3. Right. Who's going be a to Roku. do that? Yeah. Oh, phew, yeah. <laughs> it, and not even like a and not even like a really great Roku. Yeah, like you, yeah. you don't have to pay a bar for entry aside from just buying a Roku. Yeah, exactly. Like I have a yeah. Blu-ray player in my front room that has actually has services that my Xbox doesn't. I can use my the Amazon instant streaming on that one mm-hmm. in my front room, you know? So right. more access. Exactly. You know, it's so. the deals that you make. And the other thing too, and, and I mean we can move on because we're we're over time, but um I, I don't have the article, but I actually saw an article that said that it's actually more like 50-50 between gaming and the, the entertainment thing the on the Xbox Live. So, like, the, that the 
that they that that form you know that that balance is not so out of whack as there is that as this article makes it seem i mean it's irrelevant either way the same things still apply like yeah it's going to rise in prevalence but you know you're gonna have you have maybe what one two people in a family that play the games you have an entire family of people who can take advantage of the media stuff you know somebody has gold you're good so yeah yeah i don't know i mean that's it's the reality of the situation and it's exactly what xbox live wants all right, so let's move on to our next topic. I think Ubisoft might listen to the MASHcast because um, it looks like they're changing their tone when it comes to DRM. They're just listening to people. Cause yeah, yeah, they're listening to the public. Like, you know, it, it's no secret. Well, We've talked about it several times, how the Ubisoft DRM really just hurts... You know, it hurts uh, the, con- the person. Yeah, the, the person who plays it more. I mean, look what happened when they changed the servers when they did the server migration. Legit it players did, lost access to the game. Has that been like resolved game. yet? Because I haven't even tried yeah, to play it. Yeah, yeah. By then. by now, it's been resolved. Okay, well that's true. It is March. But yeah, yeah I'm like I, I like I was like, oh man, I kind of want to play like Might and Magic Six. That'd be what? Didn't even bother. Yeah. Didn't even bother. That'd be one. If it was still going on at this point, they'd have. I think they'd have some room for class action lawsuit. Where would they be moving the servers to that they couldn't have gone <laughs> to the <Yeah>. moon? <laughs> They're gonna move it to the mass relay in Pluto. Yeah. They're in an undisclosed location that's always shifting. Yeah, oh. like, but you know, they like I said, it's it's well known that their DRM really really sucks. And uh, the VP of digital, who is somebody who that really matters, like you know, he he can say, look, you know, we're gonna change these things. He says that uh, they want to add more value to their PC tiles so they can drop the always-on DRM. Um, he says that, well, actually, I'll quote him. He says, as we continue to keep our player at the center, we want to find ways that don't inconvenience th- uh, that player who is paying for it. We have a variety of degrees of success. Uh, we had a variety of degrees of success. We, find, we wound our way down, when we wind our way down that path, uh, our plan, our hope, is we stay on the less intrusive, less cumbersome side of that path as we go on. Uh, he also mentioned that it's, you know, it's a delicate balance protecting your product versus being intrusive uh, to the consumer. It's a balancing act that the industry wrestles with. In my opinion, well, I don't even think I should say in my opinion, it's a fact that Ubisoft is way on the side of being intrusive when it comes to DRM. But he says there's no perfect answer to it, but it looks like they're trying to change their tone when it comes to it. And I'm like, okay, let's see what you can do. They're trying to change the tone, but I think all they're doing is they're changing the words. Because if you look at the one part where he says, uh, uh, the question is with enough ongoing content development, content release engagement at the community level, can we create that kind of MMO value system? And what's the one thing that MMOs require? A persistent online connection. So I think what they're trying to do is not just say like, oh, well, we're going to release a single game that requires you to always be online, but we're going to release a game that due to the the, the nature of the gameplay requires you to be online. I think that's it, it. I think they're still thinking the same way. Like, no, no, we want you in our system. We want to make sure that you can't, you know, get out. But I think they're looking at it and, and sort of trying to change the nature of the gameplay to force that. That's uh, I, I, th- I don't, I don't really think they, the leopard has changed its spots here at all. I think that they are, what they're going to do is, well, kind of what everybody else is doing. Like, consistently deliver content 
it, to make it so that you know people continually you know want to be have these legit versions. But I, do... I, I think the leopard will slowly change its spots. Yeah. I mean, because this is the same sort of thing you see Gabe Newell say all the time that you really have to provide value and services to stuff. Yeah. rather than trying to restrict things in order to like you, you know like spare the rod spoil the child type of thing like you can't just keep beating the people who are like oh i'm gonna pay 60 dollars for your game like because they're not gonna pay 60 dollars for your game anymore they're not gonna uh, why would you so it it's in their interest too i mean i'm sure it'll be a slow transition or maybe like you know something that has its ups and downs because it's like Oh man, like really, you don't you don't want to have always on DRM or like some suit or even just you know people who are trying to protect their you know investment or their their you know intellectual property are like that's oh wait really like we're just not gonna we're not gonna do anything we're just gonna like give them more DLC or something or like an extra feature or give them something with the game like I I'm scared you know like there's gonna be fear but. I think you get to that point where they, they realize like it works out better for them in the long run. Like I mean, like seriously, look how well it's worked for Steam and other people that have done the same thing. See, I, I don't know because the the other thing I see here is again, you know, again, the ongoing content development and again an MMO value system. And where have we seen something along those lines? Call of Duty Elite, which is designed entirely well just to, you know, get a steady revenue stream for uh you know you know for uh, the developer. It's I I, th I think they're they're not, I don't think they're concerned about the fans at all here. I think they're just but, looking at their bottom line and trying to sugarcoat the sugarcoat their stupidity. But let me throw it back at you. Call of Duty uses no DRM at all. No online pass, no DRM. They have they've never have and they and they might never need to or ever have to. So they they have no reason to like do anything but try and like reel people in even more and get more and 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 you know squeeze the blood from the stone. It's kind I, of a different situation. I will I will concede that point, but I think if they can get fifteen dollars a month out of you for your game, they won't care about the DRM then. Right. But if it's a good enough service, will you care? Like no. Call of Duty Elite is debatable. Like we all we we've talked about this. I mean, we all debate the 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 necessity of like now we got to pay hundred. If you really like Call of Duty, you need to pay hundred and thirty dollars for a game, basically. Um, but it's one. It's another thing if you know for some reason there's whatever a fifteen dollar thing or a DLC or or whatever it is that you know if it's good enough, like if it adds enough to the game, like you know, and it's not necessarily like a, a you have to get it. Is it is it really hurting you then? You know, like if you get enough out of it that you want to pay, if you want to pay the $15, you know, is it bad? I don't think so. Um, I mean, like, look at the stuff that you, there's other ways to do it too. You have, um, oh, I, my brain, I cannot think of the game that did it. I want to say Saints Row. No, it wasn't Saints Row. Something after that. Ooh, but there was a game feature. that came out. Um, it wasn't even a feature. Um, it was a if you pre-ordered the game. Oh, it's a it's a, hmm, prototype two. If you if you pre-order the game, you get like fifty pieces of stuff in the DLs, like of like DLC for free. Like it's just and it's and some of it's just like completely. It, it doesn't even matter. But it's like a. If you if you want the game, like we're gonna give you stuff for it. it. It's not an online pass. It's not any of that stuff. Here's extra weapons. Here's vehicles. Here's all this random crap we're going to give you, and it's just another way of saying like you know, kind of being like, well, thanks, thanks for even caring, thanks for even wanting to play it. And there's like there's other ways to do it aside from like a Call of Duty Elite 
type of stance. What remains to be seen is what Ubisoft chooses to do if they choose to go one route or the other. But I think that there's room in there. Like if they're saying like we want to provide value and not DRM, that I'm hopeful that it goes one way and not the other. I'm skeptical. But, yeah, I mean, and you're right, and rightfully so. There's been a lot of reason to be skeptical about how Ubisoft has done things. Yeah. So. Well, we'll just see how uh, they continue with that, and hopefully they do, they do the right thing. But uh, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more about Ubisoft, or at least a Ubisoft property. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3. Um, this week, or over the past week, I would say... Um, a good deal of information about the actual game and how it plays. Uh, apparently, I know, I know, definitely in Europe, they had uh, some some uh, game media come in and 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 view Assassin's Creed Three, and I'm pretty sure they did the same thing here in the United States um, or North America. But uh, yeah, so there's a couple articles that's gonna be in the notes. Uh, basically just talk about a couple of things that they saw during Assassin's Creed 3, but I just want to talk about some of the things that they saw because I thought they were pretty interesting. Um, we all know that Assassin's Creed 3 takes place uh, during the uh, Revolutionary War uh, in, in, in America, so uh, it's a brand new setting, brand new continent. Uh, but one thing that they said that there's going to be less landmarks, of course, because a lot of landmarks weren't even really built back in the day. <laughs> I'm sorry, back in the day. But um, what you will do though, like to make, I guess, to make up for the landmarks, they are going to allow you to participate in major events like uh, the Great Fire uh, of uh, seventeen seventy six in New York. Uh, you'll meet up with George Washington while he's camped at Valley Forge. Um, you know, there's you'll you'll I don't know if you'll be able to participate, but you'll at least view the Battle of the Bunker um, and hang out with other historical figures. You'll be you know you'll be able to do, um, from what from one of the videos that I saw, it looks like uh, you know uh, some of the more important battles you'll be in part. You, you're not gonna actually fight in the battle, so you're not gonna go head to head with the British, but you know you'll have it makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah, given. you'll have a specific target, and it's your job to get to that target. You know, so instead of I guess just just, just these these uh, famous generals losing these battles you will actually be assassinating these generals. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially given the context of the time period. Like, British was very much, like, regimented, like, not guerrilla tactics. It's not like how war is now. That's why they lost. You take out, yeah, you take out an officer, and all of a sudden shit goes to hell. So it makes a lot of sense that you don't participate in battles. You just fucking assassinate people that turn the tide, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So Yeah, so that's that's one major thing, uh, one major difference. Also... Uh, lots of outdoors, and I think oh, I talked about it. I think a couple matchcasts ago, where I said it, if they they can do in this game what Metal Gear Solid Three did for Metal Gear in terms of um, outdoor gameplay, and it looks like they are going to do that because it looks like uh, you know you're gonna have these these large outdoor pieces, and you know you'll be able to you know you'll you can walk the ground if you want to. But you'll probably, you'll be better off if you you know you go up into the trees and you'll be able to see additional pathways and things like that. And they said you can uh, you can climb trees and use the branches like you would uh, roof beams in the previous Assassin's Creed and run across them. 
and you use them as ambush points for both uh, people and uh, animals, because you can hunt in this game, which actually I think I'm going to get into in, in, in a minute here. But uh, you can hunt in this game and, and get animal skins and trade it, do all types of stuff. Um, did you guys see the or read about the uh, the rope that's attached? It's like attached to a dart, the dart rope, I think they called it. Yeah, uh, I think Chinese I dart rope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. Where you can be up in a tree, hook the dart rope to you know one of your enemies, and then pretty much hang them with it as you fight the other enemies. Which I thought was pre- uh, something that was that was pretty cool, a new weapon uh, that they'll have. Which I guess I just want to say real quick because there was some some concern that the that the the hidden blade was gone, and the hidden blade's not gone, guys. It's it's still there. It's a staple in the series. It's just really hidden. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Nick. <laughs> it's just it's a really hidden blade now. But no, look, yeah. that was a that was a theory, and it's been proven wrong. But I was completely right about the wilderness stuff. Well, I didn't think. I thought that you said about the hidden blade that it was there, but it you know you wouldn't. Get you it wouldn't first. be available immediately. Yeah. Although I guess they maybe kind of addressed that by saying that the assassins were recently arrived to the new world. Like yeah. it's not like the assassins have already been there and stuff like that. And that's how you get recruited. Like you don't start out like an assassin type of thing. Right. Exactly. So you know. um yeah, the, the, I think the outdoors are going to be a whole lot of fun. You're going to spend a lot of time in the outdoors. Uh, and a lot of people were impressed with the outdoor stuff, but they were also impressed with the cities because the cities are going to be larger. And they're apparently um, not just in terms of, uh, you know, the cities being big, but the streets are going to be wider because apparently they can fit more NPC characters on the streets at one time. So the cities are going to feel more alive than ever. Don't really know how I feel about that because I thought the previous Assassin's Creed were busy enough. That was just me, though. Yeah, if they get any busier, I mean, Constantinople is or Byzantine is fucking huge and super busy. So, New World, like, I don't see how it can be as busy as that. Like, stuff happening, great, but don't try and, like, just fill it with people and make it even more stuff going on. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think they will, but. Yeah, well, they well, said they can fit up to two thousand people, um, in or on the uh, on the screen at one time, and I think they're gonna. I hope they don't try. I don't think they're gonna fit all two thousand. I don't think they're gonna put all two thousand. You know, because who's gonna really take that to the limit? Because I'm pretty sure that would affect performance. Uh, could could there be a roving band of two thousand? What is that? Could there be could there be a roving band of two thousand French maids for uh, him to hide in? That would be. Well, uh, Blending your yeah. master. <laughs> that would be interesting. Well, there really wouldn't be a need to blend at that point because it couldn't move. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the cities will definitely uh, be a bit bigger. It, everything that I'm hearing, it sounds more and more like they are really trying to. I wouldn't say go all out, but you know, definitely make like, okay, yeah, this isn't just another extension of this game. This is Assassin's Creed Three. You know, that's what it sounds like they're doing. Um more fluid combat, which I, depending on how, if they can actually make fluid combat, I'll be very happy. Like you Yeah, know, I think that was my favorite thing that I heard out of that. Yeah, they said you can do speed kills where you're running and then, you know, you can kill somebody at the same time and, like, without really stopping, which would be awesome. Um, they are also making... sensical. And, yeah, exactly, because, you know, you're an assassin. <laughs> you know, you're... You're supposed to be the man, but um, 
they're they're changing the combat system. Uh, barehanded combat is more about non-lethal moves like sleeper holds and stuff like that. Instead of punching somebody to death, it looks like. Um, also, which makes so much sense because they're going to make fighting larger groups uh, more risky. Because in Assassin's Creed, you have no fear. By the time you get to Revelations, nope. you have no you could fight, fear. You could fight everybody. that You could just stand in one spot and wait for more guys to keep coming to you and just counter kill all day long. Especially once they got the chain kill thing and and, and Revelations. Jesus Christ. Like, you, you kill everybody like without even breaking a sweat or having any fear that you'd even get touched. Like, it got really stupid in a way. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, you had no fear of fighting groups like... And even before that, the only negative to fighting groups was that it took so long. <laughs> you know, that was a negative. Right. Well, you walk away and, you know, blend in a crowd or a mission goes on or you go somewhere else. And it's like nobody knows about the guy who just killed 150 Byzantine soldiers in the middle of the city in like a, in a street fight. Like, really? Which is something that I guess they're trying to address now. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing is that they're trying to make it so that you there's a, you know, there's a risk to being caught. There's a reward to being more discreet. My question is, like, if you wanted to do that, why is there... To, from what I can see, there is still no penalty. For, well, I mean, let's just say there's no penalty, but there's no um, lighting system. You know, like hiding in shadows or being stealthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. I, think that's a, I think that's a design decision, though, to get away from trying to make it too much stealth-oriented gameplay because then you could very easily get like mired up into that and make it more about stealth than you can make it about like they i guess like it's just really just a design decision to keep it kind of like feeling like assassin's creed where it's like about assassination and stuff like that but still be kind of overt but make it fit in a way because you, you make it about like hiding in shadows and stuff like that and all of a sudden you've got a splinter cell or a metal Gear solid and not an assassin's creed but i mean it's still they don't I mean, they don't have to make it as stealth as a Metal Gear or I should say as stealth as like a uh, Splinter Cell because I'm pretty sure we can all agree that Splinter Cell is definitely more stealthy than Metal Gear, but at the same time it totally fits, you know, with being an assassin. Like right now you just kind of walk into places. It fits, but it depends on what your 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 mindset of an assassin is. Like they've kind of established that assassins and Assassin's Creed are not quite what you would normally consider to be assassins you know in a certain way like they they make it's more about like philosophy you know philosophical statement than it is about the traditional view of an assassin killing somebody from you know a mile away without anybody knowing about it yeah, but just, i mean that's still important but but even in assassin's creed one like it was always the goal to be stealthy you know what i'm saying like you can do all that stealth, all those kills, like really stealthy. And that was the way that was the way they want you to play the game. Like, you know, get to a target, make it seem like nobody, like you know, he just just kind of killed over. You know, mm, that, yeah. That, I mean, I disagree to a certain extent, but I mean, like, it's I guess it's just viewpoint about like you know what what you consider an assassin to be. Like, I think Assassin's Creed the series is established enough that assassins are a little bit different like it it's you know they call themselves assassins but as far as like their their philosophical mindset and their goal is not quite the same thing as like i'm a hired assassin i kill people for you know i kill people and you know nobody ever knows who does it they just die because somebody wants them dead not because there's a reason for it or there's a statement to be made right. i don't know well uh let's see besides the combat um one thing that i think will disappoint a lot of people well, actually, let me get into this first about the side quests, that not all side quests will be active all the time. 
certain side quests will be activated based off of what you do. Like if you go hunting a lot, um, you they said that you'll be invited to you know some type of hunting guild or something like that. Uh, while there's other side quests that you know you may see somebody do something and if you don't act on it, you won't get a side quest. Um, they are also saying that there will be no city building. Um, this will definitely affect income. This will call because like, you know, in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Revelations, once you build up a certain amount of the city, you can just sit there and let the cash roll in. And <laughs> that's all you had to do. Just let the cash roll in and go, you know, go to a bank every once in a while and, and, and put some money in your pocket. Uh, so this will definitely affect the income. And I think uh, it's going to be replaced with, like, you have to go on, you, you're going to need to go hunt and sell things. So you might even, I don't know if you, you can pick up stuff from guards and stuff like that, perhaps even sell that stuff. But that Yay, Red Dead! No. That I mean, I know it's not quite like that, but... Yeah, it wasn't even really addressed, you know, in this whole, in this thing here. Um, so, let's see, they're, they're saying that Desmond will be present, but that's what I expected. Uh, and they're saying that AC3 will provide some closure. That's, that's what they're supposed to say. But you know what? They also said Revelations was going to reveal a whole bunch of stuff, and it didn't reveal shit. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. I'm skeptical on that after what happened in Revelations. Quick aside, I did. I actually did play Assassin's Creed Revelations a little bit last week, um, or this past week, and I finally did one of Desmond's missions. Dude, I never want to do another one ever again. Yeah, and you know I what? Listen, I was like, I don't. Why would you even put this in the game? Like, you completely changed gameplay. It's first person. I'm, I'm like making blocks or some shit. You're not really explaining. Like, why do I want to do this at all? You, and you know what? If you know the backstory of Desmond already, you don't need to. The first thing was like, I know all this stuff. Yes, he was raised on a farm and shit. I get it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like having you know quandaries about people or something i don't know i'm like I don't, this is fucking shitty gameplay i don't want to play this ever again like well, i don't want to do another six of these or eight of these or whatever that's the thing like if you know his backstory you don't need to do it because the thing is i thought i, I thought by the time i got to the last one it yeah, was going to give me more. Be some great like I, no. you know reveal or something it ends with you going to you know him being an abstergo and then there, there really is no reason to actually play through it if you already know his backstory so that's so dumb because they really, they really tried to make it seem like there'd be something. But anyway, on to the the good game that looks like it's going to be awesome and different. Yeah, oh, and in fact, Desmond is back, so yay! But like you know, moving on in the story, not what happened in Revelations. Jesus. Yeah. So, like, Nick, you have anything? Huh? No, I'm. I, well, I have a few questions about basic gameplay, but I'm. I'm. Uh, Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll refrain from them. I'm. The, I'm. The, uh, so ask away. Huh? Well, no, I'm just, well, no, because, uh, well, no, I guess the, well, the only thing really, I'm not going to ask any, I mean, I'm not going to ask questions because I'm asking about like other, the other games in the series. Now, the only thing I'm going to say that sounded cool is, is he was, t the, the, the one guy, uh, was talking about how, uh, I guess sort of the procedural movement that they've implemented. And he was saying how, especially, I guess, because, you know, one of the struggles with do building a forest is that a lot of the trees wind up being at right angles and it all just looks like a row of sticks is that, you know, they had to sort of, you know, build the trees so that they look natural. And the trick with that though, is then, you know, you've got to make it so that like, uh, I think we still about one fight where, he, uh, he got backed up against a tree, uh, Connor did, and he put his foot back against the tree and he did the whole fight with his foot back against the tree and it was something very simple and very fluid but just the difficulty in programming that uh, I, I think that a lot of the emerge the, the gameplay that, that sort of comes about as a result of that I think that sounds very in intriguing that uh, I, I think it, it, it's it's the nature setting is going to lend itself to a lot of surprising I guess surprising maneuvers that Connor's going to be able to pull off and uh, I think that'll be good in that regard 
Okay. Yeah, I think they. I hope they take advantage of it too, because I mean, like, it seems like they're going to, because the fact they're even doing wilderness, because it, it'd be very easy to be like, oh, well, here you can be in these developing cities, and that's all you can do. But they've they've taken that extra step to say you can be in the wilderness, you can be fighting, you can do all this stuff. So running branch to branch and all that kind of things. I also, I also think it'd be uh, f- funny if if he injects uh, injects Franklin with whatever STD winds up killing him, and then and, and that's uh, that's the fate of Ben Franklin. Okay. Um, well, he was he was a syphilitic man whore. I, I get got, what you're saying, but like Franklin, I don't think is going to be any kind of a bad guy in the game. So I don't feel I don't see a reason for that. I don't know this though, because I think one of the, the other thing they talk about is sort of how you know that as much as the the series is supposed to sort of be about free will versus fate. You know, we know the outcome of the war. We know sort of where everybody's going to wind up. And and I, they said he has. There were three objectives that you're going to be given, and one of which you know is going to fail. So I don't know what the objective specifically was, but I think within within sort of all those confines, that that that's a. I think there's some interesting themes to be uh, expressed. Okay. Well, we'll see how it turns out this October. Of course, you know they're definitely going to give us more info as uh, time progresses. But moving on to our last topic. PlayStation 4 rumors. Um, couple of rumors this time. But <laughs> I guess now that Microsoft has shut people down, uh, they're going to give it a rest for a little bit and go back to making rumors with PlayStation. Of course, this comes from an unnamed source that's given them good information before, but I'm pretty sure the other, like the stuff about, you know, Sony displaying the PS4 at E3 or at CES came from these sources as well, these trusted sources. It's not the same guy, is it? I don't know. People have said, oh, we have these great sources for stuff because they've been right before. And, like, a lot of those sources in the past few months have been proven totally wrong about things. So, yeah, who knows? Sony may be actually feeling out, like, throwing out information at different people and seeing what information comes out in the press. <laughs> True. That'll be. You throw out information and you find be your, hilarious. Find your so, but uh, anyway, our league is no longer employed by Sony, so yeah, like <laughs> whoops. But um, all right. So a couple things. First of all, um, let's talk about. I'm. I was gonna start with the name, but I know we're gonna talk about that. Let's talk with about the hardware oh, yes, first. Let's talk about the hardware. Um. Well, first of all, they're expecting a 2013 holiday launch. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's what everybody's thinking at this point. Um. AMD 64 CPU. Not really telling us anything. AMD is making a 64-bit CPU, uh, x64-bit uh, architecture for God knows how long at this point. So that's obvious. Um, they're saying that it's going to use the AMD Southern Islands GPU. I am not 100% convinced of that um, because, well, right now the Southern Islands GPU is used in the 7800 series uh, for the Radeon, um, which is, I mean, that's really good right now. And I think by the time the PS4 actually comes out, they're going to have an even better chipset. And I do believe that both Sony and Microsoft already know that if they don't come out cutting edge, they're going to be in trouble. So Yeah, and you're also saying, like, they're also not talking about it this year, so why would you... I mean, you make plans, but, you know, do something in the beginning of next year and, like, set something in stone with the GPU or whatever. Ex- I don't know. Exactly. Like, I, think that's, I, I don't think they're going to use it. And another thing... With NVIDIA talking about the Kelper architecture, I, I, I believe I believe it's the Kelper architecture that they that they dropped last week. Uh, NVIDIA stole the performance crown back last week. So I mean, the Southern Islands GPU is good. It's it's great actually. 
and um, I'm pretty sure it can stretch farther than what the 7800s are uh, are using it for. But I think by the time the PS4 is ready for production, Sony is going to have something else. They're going to, I mean, you know, Sony and AMD, they're going to have something else specifically for the PS4 that's going to be totally cutting edge and it'll be exactly what they need. So I, I mean, it may, it, it'll work. It'll, it'll give great graphics, but I think they're going to have something else personally. That's what I think. Um, we're talking a max resolution of um, 4,096 by uh, 2040. Uh, sorry, by 2060. So 4096 by uh, 2060, which is way above high definition, of course. Um, makes a lot of sense because 3D is going to be able to play at 1080p. So it makes a lot of sense that the max resolution, because to run 3D, you're running the system twice as hard. So, you know, playing non-3D and other games are going to, the max resolution is much higher, but you're never really going to experience it because your TV, most TVs can only do 1080p, right? Well, most high definition televisions can only do 1080p right now. Although the big thing, though, is especially if, like, you know, you're looking at this and then you go a few years forward, it's Sony. Sony can make that push for... For the larger resolution. The higher, yeah, true. the higher definition, you know, finally moving up to something that's, you know, a higher definition, more so than, you know, say Apple can with the iPad 3. Um, the other thing that always dogged Sony and still does was that whole, you know, like they don't require developers to come out with games at 1080p for stuff. Like a lot of games come out at 720 you know, it makes sense that at this point they'd kind of get over that hump and say, like, you know, find like really, like truly 1080p all the time, you know, type of thing. Right. So, yeah, Sony he is right. Sony can make that push more so than Apple. And the thing is, you, you know what I like about Sony's engineering? They are always prepared for the future. Like, uh, you know, for example, the the PSP. When did the PSP come out? Like, what, 2003 or 2002? Like, the PSP came out. Well, you know, a couple of years before the actual PS3. But then, as soon as the PS3 came out, the PSP could already do stuff like remote, you know, uh, remote play and have various functions from the PS3. Um, you know, the iToy was created with PS Move in mind from the get-go. You know? So, Sony is, is great at thinking for the future and engineering stuff so that it works farther in the future. So, you know when people start dropping TVs that can actually handle that resolution, other technology like, you know, the uh, the media boxes are going to lag behind. Like, for example, my TiVo, you know, I got it a, a couple years ago, it can only play 1080i, but 1080p was already the high-definition standard when I bought it. But Sony's like, hey, you know, you can get this TV that can play this resolution, and we the, the PS4 already, <laughs> you know, already supports that resolution. So it's, it's a good move. Um, no backward compatibility. I think everybody's used to that by now and kind of expected it, especially with the success of these HD remixes or these HD re-releases, I should say. Or being able to just sell the old versions on their networks, you know, for a lesser price. Exactly. So I'm yeah. not surprised. Um, now, and also older systems are going to be even cheaper once the new ones come out. Why do you need to have backwards compatibility if it holds back the other system? Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I forgot the other thing I was going to say about it, but yeah. Okay. Now let's get to the to the odd stuff. Um, they're saying that the PlayStation 4 will not be called PlayStation 4. It will be called the Orbis. The PlayStation Orbis. 
Wait, is it the? I just I've seen it only called Orbis, not even oh. with the PlayStation prefix. I've seen that too, but I don't call it PlayStation. Exactly, they need to attach exactly. It to That's the thing. Like <laughs> they still call it the PlayStation Vita, even though it's not. You know, it's just a Vita, really, but yeah. they still call it the PlayStation Vita. But that's the thing. Like, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that they will just call this thing the Orbis. Because I don't even believe that they'll just call it the PlayStation Orbis. I feel like even if I, I, I feel like it's very hard to get away from like saying it's PlayStation Four. It's it's something people recognize. It's it's the next iteration. People understand it. It rather than calling it some fancy name, they're like, well, what is it then? I don't know. Right. Well, what makes it different than the PS3? Oh, right. I mean, know? maybe. I mean, maybe you can get away with it, but it'll be you know six months before we're all calling it the PlayStation Four again. So it doesn't matter. The only we, reason we. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I was just gonna say we haven't always seen console makers make logical jumps in the namings of their consoles. Look, look Nintendo is Nintendo. Okay. <laughs> not, even, not, even, not even Nintendo, but we skipped three hundred and fifty-nine Xboxes. <laughs> no, the, oh, God damn it, Nick! The, the 360. Yeah, it was a total turnaround is the whole idea. Yeah, like, and that's and 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 that's the whole that's the whole Microsoft. the whole point here. You no, one of the things that I like is they point out that the, the, there's the term Orbis Vitae for circle of life, which ties in the Orbis with the Vita. I think there's a yeah, little. Uh, it's kind of like eh, maybe they will call it the Orbis, but it will be no time at all before we're calling it the PlayStation Four. It just it really it. It won't matter. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, the only reason I, I think they might call it the Orbis is because they might want, they, they're trying, everybody, every console maker is definitely trying to get farther into the entertainment space. And so far, I think Sony has done the best job because they have Blu-ray player and the PS4. Um, but they, they, I think they, they want to separate themselves, not necessarily separate, but they want to start to kind of, Get away from just being, being a being game a, machine. PlayStation Four would be a console, but PlayStation Orbis could be a multimedia device that also yeah. plays games. Yeah, because you know, if if a Best Buy employee is talking to somebody when they're buying a TV, like, oh yeah, you can get the you get the the Sony Orbis or the PlayStation Orbis, you know, and it plays your you know plays all of your your Blu-rays and does all this stuff. Then rather than saying, hey, yeah, you can just Netflix, pick up the PS4, Amazon, Prime, exactly, yeah. HBO Go, blah 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 blah. So you yeah. know. I want to say that's very optimistic of you to think there will be Best Buy employees at holiday 2013. <laughs> yeah, with the news that oh. came out today. Yeah. Wait, what the hell came out today? Oh, they're closing to 50 big box with... stores. Best Buy is. Really? Closing 50 big box stores, but at the same time, they will no, be opening. 50. Yeah. yeah, they will be opening um, some smaller box stores and like some like Best Buy mobiles and Special stuff like and that. Things, yeah. yeah, so fifty's not a lot though, but yeah, that's still that's still a sign of the times though. Yeah. Oh, in fact, while we're taking this break, you reminded me of the thing I was going to say before. Um, when you're talking about the Blu-ray thing, it's interesting because like you know, every every time a, a new Sony thing has come out, they've pushed like a new thing you know whether it was ps2 and you had dvd if you had ps3 and it was blu-ray it, it's interesting to show you know to see that orbis or four is going to be you know 490 40 96 by 2160 in resolution because it's like well maybe you don't need to push a hardware thing anymore because you know download and everything is so prevalent like digital and everything like maybe now resolution's the thing to push and that's and that's their push you know, that's the thing that they try and carry into, you know, push that that mark, that standard. My, my only concern about that is 
like I know one of one of the things that took a while really for HD to sort of develop is people had to start recording in HD. And I mean, fun- functionally, we'd still be watching these on TVs. And so, at what point will the rest of the media, you know, catch up to be like, oh, well, now we've got to record in Super HD, and you know, and then you'll have ESPN, ESPN HD, and HP, ESPN Super HD. It's, right, uh, but how long does it a- take? Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. they were they were talking about HD TV since like the mid '90s. It's been yeah, it's I mean, been those, a long time. Long time coming. It was, because, but like you know, also how long did it take for Blu-ray to catch on? Like Blu-ray, you you know, like it's like oh, Blu-ray is this weird thing. Why do we need that? We got DVDs, and then there was HD DVD and that battle. Blu-ray and then it caught was, on much faster than high definition. It, it, oh yes, oh absolutely. But at the same time, it still took time. Like it was still a few years before it was like Blu-ray is like an actual standard. And even now, they're still selling DVDs, but like Blu-ray, it's become more prevalent. Well, than, one of the yeah, but the, the thing is, Blu-ray went hand in hand with that because you needed the Blu-ray or the the HD DVD um, to actually hold the the high def content. So if they are going to make a jump to another, you know, higher resolution, pro- they probably are going to need another media to be able to hold that much. I th- well, I'd, I'd have to think that resolution might be too Blu-ray, much for Blu-ray. I don't Blu-ray's think so. A lot of space. Yeah, it's like, like it's, Blu-rays have tons of unused space. Yeah, like it's it's all it's it's crazy. So is that another? Uh, another example of Sony engineering for the future. Then? I think so. I think it is because it and and at the same time, it's like it's kind of the same thing with the PS3. Blu-ray didn't really catch on, but you could buy a PS3 and have a Blu-ray player for you know 400 bucks. Well, at the time, 400 bucks instead of a thousand, and you were way ahead of the curve when Blu-ray caught on. Yep. Like you already had a you already had a Blu-ray player, and you play and you were still playing your games those years until they caught on anyway. Yep. So. You know, if you have a forty, if you have something that's capable of forty, you know, ninety six by twenty one sixty, and you know, it still does lower resolution or normal resolution nineteen twenty by ten eighty or whatever, up until that resolution becomes prevalent, you're already on board. You don't have to do anything, you know, in a way. So, you know, it's it. They always kind of like have that herald to the next thing. So, I mean, it's. I think it is that eye towards the future. Yeah, like right now, I think people like, oh, it's overkill. It might sound like overkill won't be when they I get think, down and with it. And it is overkill. <laughs> it, it totally is overkill right now because the iPad 3 is overkill because nothing uses it. But when things start to use it, when Sony starts to bring out those TVs, you're like, well, I'm already on board. I'm all, It's awesome. I've already got, you know... You already, already, yeah. That's what yeah, people already love got to hear that. 350 something by whatever. You know, like, you're already, like, until you get to that 1096. Like, you're like, man, I'm, this is fucking great. Yeah. Turns come over, their eyes melt, you know. Yeah. You're, you're the coolest guy on the block. You know, that sort of thing. People love to hear that stuff. Like, oh, you, this, this new resolution. And guess what? You can already use it. <laughs> guess what guys you've got IMAX in your home yeah. like you <laughs> yeah. know it's it's easy marketing like you know even if 3D goes the way of the dodo which Jesus Christ I hope it does but you could I don't think still so. market another they don't want it to but I hope it does that's a different I don't know that's a different thing but I mean even still there's there's other ways you can market it and it's easy marketing you know to be like look at like imagine Avatar but like four times as good or something like that you know like people would be like oh my god running out to the stores money in hand you know now the one big thing that's been coming up you know uh i guess causing a fuss is that the rumor is that the ps4 will have technology that locks out used games which means and the way they're saying they're doing this is that every game you get will be locked into one psn account so if you want to um later on down the road you can just download that game. Like, let's say you lose a disc or whatever happens. You can just download that game because there is no doubt in anybody's mind that with the with the PlayStation 4, 
you'll be able to download games and buy them the same day, just like it works with the Vita. So it also makes sense that it's more like that. Like you, you would need to register a PSN account, you know, with them. Like as soon as you start up the system, because that's another rumor that's on the plate. Because the Vita does the same thing right now. Like when you start up a Vita, like it has you create a, a thing before you can even see a home screen. You know, more or less. Like even if it's temporary, you know, you have to create a PSN account. So it makes sense that the PS4 or the Orbis would do the same but thing. But you can. The thing is, you can still skip it though. You can skip yeah, that. You, you can. And yeah. and I think that's that's where the problem lies because not everybody has access to the internet. Not everybody is gonna, you know, is gonna create that PSN account, especially if it means that they have to lock in a game. You know, I I wonder that if you know because you can get the vita with uh was it 3g or without 3g i wonder if they wouldn't do something similar with the orbis so that maybe you don't have you know broadband at your house but oh look you can get it now with it so this way you do have internet access just for your console which you're going to need see the thing is though with that if you don't have broadband you probably live in an area where you really don't have that great cell you know cell service isn't that great you definitely don't have 4G if you don't then, even have internet connection. Then you probably also don't live near anything that's going to sell an Orbis, so... Well, there's always Walmart. Walmarts are everywhere. <laughs> but that's the thing, I mean... But are you going to go out to Walmart and get an Orbis, or are you going to get a new tractor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> are, are we are we hating on farmers again? Uh, what is this Orbis thing? Is but, new thing like that. Like people are talking about, well, uh, you know, if if Sony does this, then they're you know, you know, going to war with GameStop, and then GameStop won't carry the PS4 probably. And I don't even think we're gonna get that far. And I don't, I don't think we're gonna get that far, mainly because this is a situation, this type of decision. I mean, everybody has to do it. Or nobody does it, and the thing is, nobody's sharing their hand right now. No, actually, there there was a little bit of clarification on the concept of how the used games would work, in that you would be able to trade the games in, but uh, what'll happen is then if you buy a used game, we won't be able to unlock it. Uh, it'll have like a basically be like a trial mode or a demo that you'd be be purchasing. So I don't know. I don't know game. if that would necessarily work for purchasing used games, but I think that would be exactly what you'd want out of, like, Gamefly or something like that. Basically a service where you can rent a demo, get a feel for if you like the game, and then if you do like the game, then, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got the disc right there, you can just call up Sony and unlock the account, and then there you go, now you've got the game. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, like, an up and down to that. I mean, like, for one thing, the first thing that jumps into my mind is that we heard almost the exact same shit about PS3. And we yeah, and then yeah. you heard the almost the exact same thing about Xbox Next. Like it's always been a rumor that they have the technology to lock out used games and I am sure that they do, but will they? And I think maybe we're getting closer, maybe we're, maybe it's not this generation, maybe the next generation, maybe we're getting close to that time where we put, you know, plant that flag in the ground and like, you know, choose your alliance and and you and you make that step but it does it's got to be universal like every system has to do it and if every system does it it isn't even gonna fucking matter exactly game stops out it doesn't matter what they do it doesn't matter how mad customers get because you either stop playing games altogether then or you you know or you just move on with your life or you just or you suck it up and you buy the systems and you buy the games and that's the thing and, like and gamestop goes away fades away into dust well the thing is like gamestop even if they stop selling you games gamestop isn't going to die 
It's just that a very they, slow they, death. their their days of like you know their yacht days are over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's right, basically what's but, happening. But yeah, I, but I think I think you see a game, you know, type, you know, the the overseas the overseas retailer that's kind of like met, met meeting their end right now. Like I see, I think you see that sort of a a slow decline. Like you, GameStop is at a point where it's never going to come back to what it was. Like even if with all their diversification and all that stuff, because all their diversification is really has been pretty half-assed in a certain way but even if it wasn't it's not enough to save them they don't make enough money even with that diversification like they 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 would hit a point of diminishing returns like they would it is inevitable that they would die they would not necessarily close up shop immediately like oh shit everybody just announced they're not going to do used games close up shop we're done you know, let's go get back on the yacht and go back to the Caribbean or something (laughs) but you they they hit the point where like it it's GameStop, but it's not the power that it was. It doesn't yeah. matter. Nobody's going to be making deals just to appease GameStop or anything anymore. Well, I think all retail, we've discussed this, God knows how many times, but all retail is going to meet its end with the way Amazon's working, digital distribution, the way stuff the like world that. Does. Yeah, it's exactly. the way the world so, I think, But I, I don't think that this specifically will kill them. I think either way, even if they don't do this, even if they don't lock out used games, GameStop is still going to die a slow well, definitely, you know, yeah. thing. It, it, the model just can't last. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Like, you know, it, there's just things that are just practices, the way they act, the way they behave, the way they treat customers, that it's just like it, it won't last in the long run. You can you can survive a certain extent, but you know, it, it's gonna move on. Could they block the used games? Yes, they could. I don't think that this is the generation they do it, especially depending on you haven't heard anything about Wii U doing it. I don't think you hear anything about Xbox Next doing it. They'd be stupid to kind of do it on their own. Like, it would have to be... Everybody knows that you have to do it together. And Microsoft is not going to say, well, we're going to do this with the new Xbox. Because it was what would happen if somebody came out and said, hey, guys, I'm going to do this with my console. Let's, you know, let's do it together. Everybody has to say, okay, and then they don't do it, and they can just use it as a selling point. Against the other systems, right. we don't fucking stop you from being these used games. Why would you buy that system? Yeah, I mean, like that. It has to be like a concerted thing, and not necessarily a backroom deal, but just like kind of an understanding that like it's about time now. Like yeah, there, there's that there comes that time. But weren't we talking a few weeks ago about how gamers will get all pissed off whenever they do something that they don't like to an upcoming game, and they'll rage about how it's unfair, and then they'll still go out and buy the game anyway? And yep. I, I think it's kind of the same thing. As long as they've got an awesome exclusive for the Orbis, it doesn't matter if you can't sell the used games. They're going to be like, oh shit, I need that game, and I don't care that I can't sell it used. And you know, they just need that one killer game, and then, then they're selling like hotcakes. Yes, but it's different when you have another option. It's one thing if PlayStation Orbis blocks use games and you can rage and stuff about it and you might buy it but it's another thing altogether to have PlayStation Orbis you know like have all of them block it and not and and you you rage and you buy it and but another thing to have PlayStation Orbis block it and then Xbox Next doesn't wouldn't, wouldn't that also turn around though and from the developer's perspective if you can develop for the Xbox where you're not going to be getting revenue past the first what is it three months mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, Diac said mm-hmm. con- compared to the Orbis where now you're guaranteed that long tail of revenue because there's no there's no aftermarket good point then, but then why wouldn't you start system, making you know you just you go to that it's, it's weird though because if nobody buys the system then why that's what they look at but yes it's it, it is a weird thing but that is a good point though yeah exactly that's why so many developers favored the 360 for so long because it has such a so many more people have 360s over ps3s that and a couple other reasons but still that is that is a contributing factor like they do want to put their software where the people are 
You know, that's why I think more developers will want to go to Steam than, let's say, Gamers Gate or Impulse. Yeah. So all I could say is I'm really happy that I'm not hearing any rumors about them using really low end stuff or anything like that oh, because yeah. we all we all know that like none of those well, none of the Xbox or, or PlayStation oh, just couple. saying that they're using the 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 Southern Islands GPU is yeah. worlds so. above where the <laughs> where the right. uh, the rumors for the 360 were so that was good so. but um yeah you know we we can only live on rumors right now we'll hopefully Sony will deliver. I don't know. They probably will wait and wait to deliver information because this is really this is a really critical time right now, and they don't want information getting out. But okay. what we can do to have fun in the meantime is see if people start getting fired from these places. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see how many of these like you know leaks and stuff like that lead to people like getting quietly let go. Yeah, like you don't hear any more about sources from certain yeah. you know <laughs> stuff anymore because exactly. I. Because, I mean, a lot of these sources have been proven wrong. Like, a lot of these sources that have had good information in the past have been proven wrong. I even saw something recently about, what was it, MS Nerd, who posts a lot of stuff on Reddit. Yeah. Like, saying something, and I'm like, hasn't that guy been wrong, like, at least, like, the last three times they've said something, like, yeah. about Xbox? You know, people have so, been leaking stuff for so long, now maybe the public or Microsoft and Sony are getting used to deflecting that. Yeah, yeah. They put out false information. They're evolving. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, we're gonna. That's our last official topic. Um, we did have a request, um, which is uh, I guess we could, we could just hit that really quickly. Just get everybody's thoughts. Good story. Um, it was a journey. Journey is the fastest selling game on PSN, which is like okay, that's 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 good and all. I I no, really don't. Have, what's that? No number that no number attached to it has yeah. been released though, for exactly what that number is though. though. Before, well, actually, well, they said that um, Infamous the uh, the D, it wasn't really DLC because it was a standalone game. Um, the vampire one, what was it called? Oh, um, Nightmare or Halloween uh, Nightmare or something or something of blood, Carnival so, of blood. Carnival of blood. Yeah, that was the fastest selling game, and now Journey is. Um, I mean, that's great and all. I don't I don't have too much to say about it. I think it, the reason why it's the most it's the fastest selling game is because there was a lot of hype behind it, and not the same hype. It's different hype than Call it's of Duty. It's word of hype. mouth hype. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different hype than Call of Duty hype. Like, there's no celebrities and commercials here. But it's, it's it's people saying like it's gamers talking to other gamers being like this game just fucking changed my life well, within an hour. There's that, and then there's I, the fact I that no less than at least ten people to play that game based on my enthusiasm for it. There's that, and there's the fact that almost everywhere gave it a ten out of ten or a five out of five. Everybody's giving it perfect scores, so I think that that contributes to that and word of mouth. Like, there's a lot of people who like it. I stated my opinion on it last week, but the reason I bought it in the first place was because of all the perfect scores. You know, so that's the reason I bought it. I fit into that category, and then you have the other people who just keep talking about it. So that's why I think that, that you know, the Journey is the fastest selling game on PSN. What about you, Nick? Hmm? No, I just think it's funny that uh, I was going to buy it this week to give it a try, but I thought, you know, we, we've talked about it the last few weeks. I don't I don't think we're, we're going to talk about it this week, so I didn't uh, – I chose not to buy it, and lo and behold, we're talking about it again. Yeah, so you're the only but, person uh, who hasn't experienced Yeah, But, but you know, we were, we, we were talking about this um, privately a few weeks ago, though, you know, because it, it's very similar to Dear Esther, and I, I feel like I feel like having played that, I kind of – 
Don't need I, I, to. I got the journey experience in a way. And right. that's, that's actually why I'm curious to play journeys to compare the two. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the, the two of them are very, very similar from uh, my understanding. I, I feel like it's a nice confluence. I think it, I feel like it's like a confluence of events. Like they, they had a beta. It was closed. Like I, I think that just the game is just very good. Like I think that's really that's really what it is. But it's also like it also really is word of mouth. There's been enough reason to spread word of mouth about it because you see a lot of good games that don't do that well. But I think it it's a confluence of events. I I feel like Flower was maybe not as equally good as, as good a game. Like as far as like being so monumentally like emotional and stuff like that, but it it could have had that same sort of impact. But Flower was like the game that you got when you got a PS3 because it was on the network already. Like there was no lead up to it, there was no like mystery about it. It was just like, oh, this is the game and it's interesting. It's got good music. It's got an interesting story. You know, it's a game that you can just kind of relax to. Like it was different, you know, but but not necessarily. It didn't have the same sort of. Uh, roadmap they going to it that journey did did flower have online co-op or anything no like it didn't have anything like that. i, I, I feel like that's sort of the one thing that journey has going for it is that you you encounter other people playing along i, I think that that sort of drives people to i you know, feel like the game would have done just groups. as well without it but it does give it like an interesting feel considering the way that they did it i think the journey would have done just as well without like if it was just a single player experience where you did that because it doesn't it doesn't change the game that much it's not like a game where like a, another person being present like fun like changes gameplay mechanics like in an extreme way like it makes it interesting it makes it different it makes every time it, it, it gives it more replayability but i feel like even just like for a single time through it still would have gotten that same word of mouth but it is it is a very interesting move though like that that sort of multiplayer that they did yeah. I don't know. All right, so, so yeah, that's good story I mean it's like it's, it's a nice to feel cool good story, story. it's nice to see yeah it's nice to see something that is interesting and different come out and do well and I think also it's it is also timing because like there's not a whole heck of a lot else out and it's different than the things that are out you have Mass Effect 3 where you got people clamoring at the stand saying, like, I want this ending changed and, and everything's wrong and the universe is terrible and uh, Reapers are raping my soul. And you have Journey and people are like, this game makes me feel so many emotions and I love this game and it changed my life. And people are like, well, maybe I'll go play that. It's only 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that may be part of it. Yeah. There's room for different experiences. So we, we just have to wait for the backlash after Journey 3. Yeah, well, pretty but, much. But but that game company is done with their three game deal with Sony, so they can go on and do whatever they want. In fact, a few people have already kind of went on their way and left left that game company to go do other stuff, like big people, like Kelly Santiago and uh, Robin Hunicki, like their producer and their co founder. Like they've they've actually left the company to go do other stuff now. Yep. So might see some interesting stuff from them in the future, and you know, see some other stuff from that game company. I guess mm. we'll see. But uh, what's what's coming out next week? Uh, I am alive for PSN. Shoot many robots for PC. Xenoblade for Wii. That's probably oh, the week's finally. biggest. That's the week's biggest release. And you know what? You you people who really wanted it, you better go buy it. I was considering buying it just because. Like maybe and I've heard and and from what I've seen of like the U.S. you know reviews of it. Just as a, just completely excellent. It's not like a Japan. It's not just a Japanese-oriented thing. Like it's gotten really excellent reviews. So there's there's no 
you know, yeah. bar for entry. Go get that game if you if you want to see other stuff like that get made on Wii U or whatever. Like exactly, go get it. this has like I mean I haven't turned my Wii on in God knows how long, and I'm I might just buy it just because maybe I want them to bring back a game that maybe I like. You're one that day. person that gets it over three million. <laughs> <laughs> you could be that guy, yeah. you know. But um, this was that Devil May Cry HD collection. Tempted, so tempted. I, me too. I'm like, I still have like all those games on on PS2, and I'm so tempted. Anyway. Well, I'm still playing through. Well, I haven't played it in like two weeks, but the Jack, uh, the Jack, Jack and Daxter, yeah, yeah, the HD collection because the Jack, the J- Jack and Daxter isn't that long, like the first game, but Jack Two and Jack Three is Dude, they're Dax actually pretty long. Fucking, I never finished that game. That game is just so long. It's that like a GTA in, in Jack and Daxter form. Yeah, like, Jack, Jack, big. Yeah, Jack Two is huge. For an action game, it is huge. <laughs> but um, connect Star Wars because that's we know everybody's looking for that, especially and, after and, that E3 and that's demo. That's the game that you do not go out and buy. <laughs> Nobody go buy that game. Tell them that that shit is wrong. <laughs> yeah, after that E3 demo, if anybody buys that, just let the me only know. exception I'll make to that is if you want that that crazy special edition console to go put that into a closet. So you give them a pass for that for all eternity. Give it pass. And if I actually know what the game of the week is actually on the 3DS. It's Funky Barn. That's that's game. Oh, that's your week. game of the week, that's or game, is that just that's game of the week? You know, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants Funky Barn. <laughs> People are buying 3DSs for Funky Barn. Oh my Jesus! There's sheep on the cover. What else do you want? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, that's. I would suggest that you guys come play <laughs> Mass Effect 3 multiplayer with me. <laughs> on, <laughs> my origin name is Destrad, the same as all my other names and everything else. Is. So come play Mass Effect with me instead of playing Funky Barn or whatever the fuck he just said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you're going to be. Uh, he's going to be disheartened. He's just going to be. Dude, nobody's uh, playing with me. Oh. I, there's plenty of people playing. Dude. Yeah, I know. Well, actually, that is one thing I wanted to mention because I. I I'm, I think I'm actually going to attempt to play Mass Effect 1 and 2 now faster so I can even get to Mass Effect 3 because, I mean, to my understanding, you need the galactic readiness to get a good ending, right? I don't know. Like, that's the only thing I don't know. Like, I have not at any point so far, I mean, maybe I'm just not far enough because I am very much in the beginning of Mass Effect 3, but, like, I do not know what galactic readiness is. I know I have no, the part. galactic readiness. No, there, there's, there's, two, there's two scores. There's two scores. There's your uh, uh, there's the galactic readiness, and then I forget what the other score was. But the, the the other score is what you get by amassing the armies and going through and making all the right and I'm using air quotes decisions to sort of prepare the universe. And then the galactic readiness score that you get from the multiplayer is a multiplier to that. So. If you it, it, theoretically, if you don't play the multiplayer and you do everything correctly, then you can get that score high enough that you'll get the good ending without the multiplayer. But if you've made some wrong decisions, if Shepard was an asshole, then you can play the multiplayer enough so that you'll get you'll get your overall combat readiness rating. Whatever I forget the name for it, but you'll get that rating high enough that you'll be fine. Uh. And you can also the, your galactic readiness rating is also affected by the uh, was it infiltrator the. Uh, the iPad app, oh, yeah, so you, you can, you can that. play that as well. Okay. Yeah, you can do the meta games or whatever. To, to yeah, not going to get I the iPad know, I mean, app. I'll probably just play the multiplayer, but I don't want to get it and then eventually, and then there's nobody playing multiplayer. The multi- I'll, I'll I mean, play it by then. I'll dude, play. you can always <laughs> ring me up because the multiplayer, it really is. It actually, it really is fun, and it's like playing the game, you know, like the playing the combat from the game. It's fun. It, it's just a fun part. Um, 
I mean, like I like I said, I already have like almost 100% galactic readiness, and my shepherd is an awesome person, not an asshole. So yeah, that's not necessarily how I play. <laughs> <laughs> I know Katie's playing through it now, and I'm like, you're just gonna punch everybody in the face when you have conversations with them. It's gonna be like that reporter all the time. Yeah, but uh, my you know, my shepherd is, you know, just I'm the savior of the universe. Drop the mic, walk on bitch. stage. <laughs> I'm the savior of the universe, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, that's going to bring us to the end of our MASHcast. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, just soundcloud.com slash MASHthoseButtons. We are on iTunes, so if you listen, uh, listen weekly, you can just subscribe to iTunes, and it'll automatically be pulled to you and be on your iPods and stuff. Um, we're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, so if on your iPod, iPad, Android device, you just want to stream the show, you can do it right on Stitcher Smart Radio really very easily. Uh Twitter, we're on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash mash those buttons. Also, we are on Facebook. Oh, sorry, it's twitter.com slash MTB site. We are also on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash mash those buttons. So you can catch us all there. If you have anything to say and have any thoughts on any of the topics we discuss, love us, hate us, whatever, just uh, let us know. Comment in any of those places and we'll check it out. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we'll see you next week. Next week is PAX. Um, next week is PAX. Okay, uh, let's just get this out of the way. In fact, while we're on here, so people know, are we, are me and you going to record at PAX with Nick? Uh, or, like, you know, I do the think same thing at, was, at PAX with Nick? Um, I think, well, I don't... It'll be I don't, a Thursday night. It'll be a Thursday night. I, I am I am not sure if we're going to record on Thursday or okay. if we are going to record on Wednesday and release on Thursday. Because I feel like it'd almost be interesting to do on Thursday, but we would. The, there is issues with you know how the connections and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Like me, so. can I can I call in from my remote location of here? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you'll still be you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll <laughs> be fine. But, no, but I, I mean, you know, but I get to do the whole uh, cell phone thing like you did from uh, Key West. Yeah, oh, that'd be kind of. That's the thing. Like it'll be it's us that I'm worried about because me and both me and Rob will be in, ho- in the hotel, so. You know, I don't know if it's going to be able to support both of us, you know, rocking the MASH cast at the same time. Might be too much for it. <laughs> yeah, but you get to see me in the same room throwing my arms up in the air over something fucking stupid that we read when we talk about. Yeah, it's not official yet. It might come out on Friday. Because that's, that's the thing after that. Like, I have to edit the MASH cast, and we're going to be drinking. <laughs> I think that, 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 calls, that, that won't calls, even be starting yet. It won't even have started. That calls for an unedited match. Uh, we got to be ready. Just, fri- we got to be ready Friday morning for media day at PAX. So I don't think we're going to be drinking too much on Thursday night, and it then that's before PAX actually starts. I don't know. Wait, wait. That Thursday might not work. You're talking about being responsible. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens we'll when see. we actually get it. But it is more entertaining when we're drunk. I've yeah. had the most I've had the best mash cast when I've been a little happy about, you know, beforehand. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not Maybe sure. We'll record from a bar. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a oh uh, now if you, uh, we have to do that around here. We have to do like a, a mash cast live from some location <laughs> that has alcohol because that uh I'd be in on that. Yeah. Well, well, see, we'll we'll think about that. We'll have to see. But as of next week, I'm not 100% sure whether we will be doing like a mash cast on Wednesday and putting it out on Thursday because the thing is a lot of people are going to be at PAX. So, you know, we might want to do mash cast Wednesday and put it out Thursday so people get a chance. Even though it's, I'm not saying like 80,000 people listen to the mash cast or anything. You, like know, that. you should, you should put the mash cast out and get everybody to yes, listen. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who the fuck are you talking to? We have millions of listeners. Put, put the millions and millions of The Rock's fans. <laughs> <laughs> well timed, well timed. No, but uh, you know, put the Mashcast out. Let everybody get it on their Vita, and then they can just listen to it on their Vita while it's hanging around their neck. Oh yeah, there That's you go. Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Radio is awesome for that. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll figure it out. There'll be more details. Like I'm. I'm just saying, if you're on SoundCloud, you'll see when the MASHCast goes up, if it goes up early on Thursday, right? I mean, I expect it on Friday, but there will be a MASHCast next week. And then probably Tuesday, Tuesday will be our special edition, our PAX special edition, like we did last year. And then, of course, we'll have another MASHCast on, you know, another MASHCast will be next, will be the Friday after that. So we're going to mash your faces off. Like for the next week, <laughs> we're gonna match you up good. Yeah, exactly. Eat alcohol for that. There's gonna be tons of stuff. So uh, yeah, just uh, it could be as sexual as you want, guys. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, kind of like that claptrap letter. You can go read that and get a a tasty idea of what we're about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, but that's gonna bring this show to an end. As always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a great week. Still packed time, guys. Later.